0: Aha, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck, or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours at radio. It's alright here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over
1: the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome back to Rod and Real Radio, everyone. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and I hope you guys are having a great Labor Day weekend. Boy, this year is going on by. But I hope you're getting a chance to get in the water and take advantage of some of this great fishing we have off our Southern California coast right now. Hey, let me give you a rundown exactly who's going to be with us. Right off the bat, Lori Byron Saka is going to be with us. She's from Turner's Outdoors. And you know Lori as being the representative for the Chuck Byron out, uh, artwork, but she is also one of the fearless Twins that goes on out and fishes with our Wendy Toshahar. They just came back from a long range trip, and we're going to talk a little bit about that trip. So Laurie Byron will be with us right in the beginning, and then at six o'clock, Gary Dobbins is going to be with us. It's U.S. Open time. Gary is a past U.S. Open champion. He's going to talk to us about fishing that tournament. You might know Gary Dombin's name for making some fishing rods we'll talk a little bit about that and anything else Gary wants to talk about in the six o'clock hour and then at 6 39 one bass director Billy Egan's going to be with us the U.S. Open is soon to begin and it is going to set a record most likely this year so Billy's going to be with us to update us with all the happenings at the U.S. Open but before we get it all started let me introduce to you the co host of Rod and Real Radio. First, this is the voice of one eight hundred Bass Boat, and he's a pretty darn good freshwater and saltwater fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy.
2: How you doing, John? Hi everybody. You know it's it's Labor Day weekend and I've been laboring. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: all I'm, right. I'm not, I, not
2: fishing.
1: <laughs> not fishing. Well, you got to pay your penance sometime because, you know, Wendy just came back from a trip. You're scheduled to go out next weekend. Yep. Friday, I'll be I'm out leaving. the weekend after that. So it's going to be a, 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 a big fishing time for us all. It will be good. All right. Hey, and just back from a long-range trip on the searcher with Captain Art Taylor, she is a national sales manager for Iserline. And when it comes to be a sportsman, man, she is on the ball, both fishing and hunting. It's Wendy Tushahara. Wendy, welcome.
3: Thank you very much, and I'm happy to be back, not fishing and, and braving the, uh, the crowd. So uh, I'm at home doing honeydews, too, Stan.
1: <laughs> well, Honeydew, don't don't do, girl. I know we've got a lot of people that are on the road right now trying to get uh, to or from wherever it was they were, plus a lot of listeners on out there. But, Wendy, you have brought with you our first guest tonight. I'd like you to introduce her, and let's talk a little bit about why she's on with us tonight.
3: Well, the other half would be Selma. I'm Louise, and that would be Lori Byron. And uh, she runs the Chuck Byron Youth Art Foundation, which I'm the president of. And uh, she still sells artwork, and she's a fantastic angler and hunter herself.
4: Lori Byron, back out. Hi, guys.
2: Hey, Lori. (laughs) Hi,
1: Lori. Welcome to the show, ma'am.
4: Yeah, great to be back. I haven't been on the radio in a while, but always enjoy it. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Lori, I appreciate that. Uh, You know, you and Wendy just came back from a a trip aboard the Searcher. You want to tell us a little bit about the trip and what made it kind of a little more unique than uh, some normal trips?
4: I sure will. Um, With the the support of both of our bosses, Eitherline International for Wendy and Turner's Outdoorsmen allows me to go out and represent the company and go on they sponsored trips that they do out of San Diego. Um, Turner's does sponsor trips out of Oxnard also, but I get to be the favorite child to get picked to go out and, and do the angling on the turner sponsored trip. Wendy and I have a great time. Um, this last trip we ended up about, what was it, Wendy, maybe eight, nine months ago, Celia and Jen from searcher sport fishing said, Hey, what about an all lady angler trip? And um, we've, started networking and talking to customers and talking to sponsors. And before you know it, we went out on a three-day, we call it a retreat, um, (laughs) for women that are, you know, working hard, whatever their job is, from CEOs to stay-at-home moms that work hard. And we all took three days off from our lives on land and went offshore and caught some tuna.
1: Wow. (laughs) Now, retreat kind of implies meditation, meditation. Uh, you know, meditating. relaxation, <laughs> uh, contemplation. Uh, uh, tell me, uh, did you ladies get a chance to do a lot of that?
3: We had sure, nothing well, but fun. It was a blast. We, we had so many things planned. And go ahead, Lori.
4: Well, um, first of all, once we st- I started talking through Turner's to a lot of our manufacturers, that, um, that you know, Turner's is involved with and Iserline is involved with, told them that we put together a trip that, that for three days, a lot of women like to fish for one day, but if you get them out for three days, they think that's a little long. But this trip went by so quickly. We had so much fun. Art on the searcher and the crew were absolutely wonderful. We had women come as far as from England to come fishing just for tuna. Oh we had them from Nevada, Florida, and then several of my personal friends and angler ladies um, that have never actually fished or fished salt water came out and did the trip. So it was very mm-hmm. educational. We all bonded. We, we had wonderful sponsorship, extra tough boots, gave every lady on the boat a pair of ladies' pink paisley boots, Costa sunglasses, gave every woman on the boat a pair of Costa sunglasses. Um, t-shirts galore from all our sponsors, rods, reels. You wouldn't believe it. It was a wonderful support. I, I think that our manufacturers understand that the Lady Angler is another great market to, to tap into.
1: Wow. Now, tell us a little bit about the trip itself. Uh, number one, how did the crew react to there being all <laughs> ladies on the trip? And then, obviously, we always want to know, how was the fishing? So well go to take ahead Lori.
3: Um, well okay. So the crew they were awesome. They made sure that we had everything we needed. Um the food was great. The, um they you know, we were able to find fish. They they helped us out a lot and they even Couple of them even became ladies <laughs> during the trip.
4: <laughs> we played a little joke on them, and we brought dress-up clothes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no kidding. Because you, you know it is a ladies' trip, so you know when um when the guys had to serve us dinner, we uh, had Hurricane and Cindy uh, a couple of nights service. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was way. amazing how clean that boat was. Being, I've never been, you know, on a three-day trip with a bunch of women. But the bathrooms were clean. The, the guy said they never seen so many paper towels being used on a trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. well, you know, as Bill Wilkerson uh, told us a couple of weeks ago, he says one thing he makes for sure on the three-quarter-day boats, because normally you get more women on the boats, he makes sure that the heads are spotless and I bet you uh, you found uh, the heads on the searcher in the same condition.
4: And they and actually they are. When Wendy and I go out and there's 28 men and just her and I, um, at the crew is awesome. Before a couple of guys might take a shower and you go to step in and they're like, stop. I'm going to go in and make sure it's clean for you. Um, they do mention to the crew, there's ladies on board. Please put the so- toilet seat down. They're a very conscientious crew and actually they treat each other like family. It's wonderful to see how they work together and how art can can direct them in all positive ways. Um, it's a great experience. The women had a great experience. We caught tuna from I think anywhere from thirty pounds to sixty nine pounds was the largest bluefin tuna. Um, so great quality size of fish gave the girls a run for their money, and the ones that had never caught a fish before are hooked now. Uh, many of them have already signed up for the trip, and it looks like it's going to turn out to be an annual event.
5: Nice. That's good. Wow. That- yeah.
3: and, and, you know, it was really neat because some of the ladies didn't even know what a tuna looked like. And And, wow. and I, that didn't even occur to me, that they'd never seen one of these fish before. So it was really neat because they were asking all kinds of questions. They didn't know what kind of bait we had. They didn't know how to... Um, to um, bait their hooks, some um, some of them even made bait with us at night, and they have to see live squid and and mackerel and sardines, and so it, it was really neat, very edu- educational, and uh, I think everybody came away with something.
1: So they did. They, they were actually surprised then that uh, the tuna looked different than what you get out of the can, huh?
2: <laughs> you know, what I did notice from watching the, uh, you know, your Facebook pieces that you would show up and what they posted on Arts uh, on the website there, um, there was a lot of opportunity for learning. Uh, and I know you've already said that, but I'm used to teaching people on the trips that I go on. I spend more time between the bait tank and the tackle row than most just tying knots and teaching people how. But I saw a lot yeah. of that going on with you guys, which I think is great. You really were teaching a lot of uh, people to get into the the sport, and I think that's the best part of that trip.
4: We did. Wendy, Wendy and I made a point when we got on the boat that we're not going to land a fish until every single person on there has had their first fish. Nice. So I came home. I did never land a fish. I came home with hands so beat up from tying knots and <laughs> showing knots, and you know. But that's you know the. The scars from the rewards of being able to help other people, and they can have a great experience now and feel welcome to go out on any sport boat and kind of you know tie their own knot, catch their own fish, and tell their own lies. You know, and they, they even were able
3: to see how do you how they use the kite, which you don't usually see on a three day trip or on your first trip, and they were actually seeing fish boiling, you know, on the baits. It was it was so neat.
1: Now, Wendy, were there uh, some ladies that were on the trip that had either never been on a fishing trip before or that had only been maybe with their significant others and decided to come on with you and Lori onto this trip? Well, we actually had eight
3: ladies who had never fished before. Oh,
1: my gosh. Wow. Fantastic. Which
3: which was, you know, which is a lot. And we had a lot, Mm -hmm. lot of ladies that had fished with their husbands and boyfriends. Uh, but have never been on a trip this long and without them, and and all of us have never been on a trip with a bunch of ladies from you know that were beginners all the way to to um, people that were veterans. Normally, when Lori and I fish with other ladies, these are ladies from fishing clubs. You know, there were a few of those ladies on board, but the majority of them were were brand new. Brand uh, new, and and it was great because. They picked it up right away. They listened, and in no time, by the end of the trip, they were all baiting their own hooks and catching, landing their own fish.
1: Nice. Yeah. See, that's worthy then, right there. You you know, but I, a film, I've got to, I've a got to believe too that some of these uh, ladies that came aboard were a little apprehensive that you would tell them of the hospitality and how comfortable the searcher is and for that matter, most of the other boats that are in the fleet, but that when they actually had a chance to come there and see it for themselves, it might have been an epiphany for them when it came to the food and also the accommodations. You're right. One what were you going to say, Lori? Um, one of my friends, she doesn't even know how to swim.
4: And we were out, and I didn't even think about that. And we're standing out there, and the, the swells on the second day got really big, and you're trying to balance. And said, she said, you know what? I've never been a bo- on a boat in my life, and I don't know how to swim, but somehow I feel yeah. so safe with the crew, with the boat, with everything. She's like, I- I'm not afraid at all that I'm going to be just fine on this boat. So,
3: and you know how rough it was on Sunday, on our last day?
1: Sure. Not yep.
3: one single lady got sick. Everybody no. was fine, which is a first for me in that kind
4: of weather.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me what the reaction was with uh, uh, some of the gals that maybe got hooked up with uh, uh, a tuna for the first time, either Lori or or Wendy.
4: Go ahead, Lori. Um, Let's see. I have one of my friends, and she's like a daughter to me. She's never fished, but she's a very competitive um, in, in competition shooting, so she's got her tomboy in her. She came out on a trip, but on day one, she wasn't catching she was getting bird's nest. It was her very first time ever. And I could see her spiraling down into, like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Maybe this, this isn't for me. And I forced her like a mom when I got hooked up to come over and take this fish and pull it in. And she did. And she was on the rail. And Captain Art was side by side with her telling, turn, watch the rod. let Watch the tip on the rod lift up. Make another turn. And he walked her through every bit. She ended up getting second place with the forty 40- four. Three pound bluefin, well, and, and, and then she looked up.
3: Lori tell, yeah. tell the part when when I saw her hook up by herself.
4: Yeah, so she when she Locky. landed that first fin, she looked at me and she said, "Can I have the the thing to cut the gills and bleed it? She didn't want to bite the heart, but she wanted to be the <laughs> first spin. Fish. No, but then she caught a fish on her own, and I was so happy and excited. I'm like, "Lori, she's turning the handle and walking down the rail all by herself."
1: Oh man! Yeah,
4: she's doing baby steps. She did great. So, and then she was hooked. So, you know, you it's you know, experience fishing experience is different for everybody. Um, but once you pull on a big fish like that, you want it really bad the next. <laughs> one.
1: Wow! And, well, and you know, the well,
4: cool thing about
3: it was. The first time somebody caught a fish on that boat, all the ladies were clapping and cheering. Every single lady, when they caught their first fish, everybody's clapping throughout the whole trip. You know, everyone's, yeah, high five, good job, and, and rooting for each other. And it was it was just really neat. There were no jealousies. Everybody was truly excited for each other.
1: Well, yeah. when all was said and done, was there a consensus of opinion that, hey, let's do this again next year?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, we already have people signed up. For the ladies that couldn't make our trip, oh, they, we've God. already picked a date, and they already have people signed up for our trip next year. And the ladies that got off the boat decided that they wanted to sign on to next year's trip. So they are already signing up. What were you going to say, Lori?
4: The, they're bringing their daughters and their mothers and everything else. So it's going to fill up quick. It would be wonderful. I get It looks like it's going to be an annual, um, you know, it's always August. 26 27th, right around there at a searcher sport fishing. Um, if you And, you know, and, that, and it's not that we're just we only want to fish with ladies, but we want to empower them to be able to just go out and do it on their own. You know, you don't have to wait. Your husband's got to go hunting, and you take his rods, and you go fishing.
1: Well, you know, no, you don't go.
4: take this, Rod. Get your own. <laughs> yeah, get your <laughs>
1: own. And, and if you want to get your own, you can always stop by Turner's in San Marcos because Lori Byron is there in the fishing department most yeah. all of the time, and she's happy to set you up with uh, the gear that you need to go on, on a trip like this. But, Lori, before we let you go, uh, you know, a lot of our friends also know you uh, out there for being involved with the Chuck Byron Art. And, and tell us the status of that and what you're doing, and if people are, are interested in Chuck Byron's art, how they can find out what's available.
4: I Thank you, John. I appreciate you asking about that. Yes, for many, many years I've been marketing my late husband, Chuck Byron. Um, still have original paintings for sale, a few. I do limited edition reproductions. Um, if you go on several of the boats um, in the fleet, the Independence, the Eclipse, they all have the artwork on it. So I still get orders from people getting off boats wanting some a memory of their trip. Um, I am available at www.chuckbyron.com and get a hold of me. I've got some t-shirts. I'm at Day at the Dock selling the event t-shirt every year. So I'm still out there. I'm trying to kind of semi-retire so I can be on the water. I'm actually growing gills I think this summer. I had to come out and stay on land this week, weekend just to dry out. So. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, and, tell us know, a little bit about what you guys used to catch the fish, what they were biting on, so the next round of people that are going can, can kind of cowboy up here.
3: Well, ahead, definitely Wendy. it was live bait. You know, a lot of these women have never used lures before, but um, a few of us caught on, on flat falls, um, but most of the time it was sardines. The mac They wouldn't bite the mackerel or or the squid. Um, it was mainly
4: sardines. Um, and small hooks. Literally, I was using an Owner Mutu number four. Very, very small fish, a small hook, and I've caught up to 80 pounds on those. Um, you might be more comfortable with a number one or a number two, but the smaller the hook, the, be- the better. There's a lot of bait out there right now, and you don't want to have the bait with the big, big, huge four-aught circle and a ring hanging on it because it looks different and you're not going to get bit. So that seemed to be one of the biggest keys also. What kind
3: of line? So our next, Go
1: on. Um,
3: anywhere, from, anywhere from 25 on up to 50, 60 pounds. Um, but then, you know, when you're using the kite, then, of course, we were using heavier lines. But, you know, the, the story um, of our trip and photos, um, that's going to be in this week's issue of Western Outdoor News. And for those that are interested in our trip for next year, it's August 25th, 26th, 27th, or 25th through the 28th, and uh, just go to com and you can find it.
1: All right, guys. Hey, Lori, thank you for being with us tonight. It sounded like that trip was too much fun, and... Man, I'd like to have been a fly on the wall in the galley over there. That would, Of course, I would have probably been swatted for as clean as you guys keep the boat. No,
3: you would have been dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get a sit-on next year, and you're
4: invited.
1: All right. Thanks, Laurie. Hey, we look forward to seeing you again real soon over at Turner's, if not uh, before that. Thanks for being with All right.
4: us. Thanks for having me. See you, Laurie.
1: All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next, the voice himself. Phil Friedman's going to be with us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercials.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
9: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
10: 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bay casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at
1: 619-466-8355. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information.
11: It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Live. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, <laughs>
1: that is just absolutely awesome. Stan, Wendy, and I want to welcome you back again to Rod and Real Radio. And it, now it's time for the much awaited return The Voice. The guy that heads up PFO Radio. What the heck is Phil thinking? Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome on back, sir.
12: Oh, my God, John. It's so great to hear your voice again. I'm so sorry. I've been (laughs) running around doing so many different things here recently, but it's great to be back with you.
1: Well, I know you had a, 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 a gig that you did at the Orange County Fair, and I know a lot of people came out and saw you there, but I am more intrigued that, you actually had an opportunity to go down to San Felipe and do some work with the Tourism Bureau right there. Can you just briefly tell us what you were doing there and what that was all about?
12: Yeah, of course I can. And and actually, Thursday, I'll be down in Tijuana at the Grand Hotel doing some more work down in that neck of the woods going to a buffet uh, dinner so uh, you know i'm perfectly look at my body type yeah. i'm perfectly suited for that kind of work i'm really really <laughs> well suited for that <laughs> but san felipe i went down there to do some work for the tourism department and what a great small town atmosphere san felipe has best to enter through Mexicali, through Mexicali, and then drive down. It's only about a two-hour trip down, and you get down there, and it's just feeling like old Mexico. I mean, it's very, very nice and pleasant and tranquil, and uh, it was a wonderful trip. Now, the fishing up there in that neck of the woods, I still do not have it dialed in, and I say that for two reasons. Number one, because I don't have it dialed in, and number two, because I want to go back <laughs> <laughs> and do some research. But... Up there, I mean, we we looked around, and it was so windy that we couldn't get out on a panga. So we went over to where the shrimpers were coming in. In fact, it's where the Tony Reyes boats come in. And the guys we talked to on the Tony Reyes boats had just phenomenal fishing, wide-open yellowtail and so much more. But, uh, you know, we were looking for an area to fish, and we fished on the docks down there with a guy named Jose who was a guy that lived on a sailboat. And, man, we had great fishing. I mean, nothing really... Big, but probably 25 different species. Some, I can't even tell you what they were. And we ended up with about 40 fish, my kids and I, and a couple of other great folks. And we took them back to the hotel where we were staying. They cooked them up for us. So really fun stuff there. Back to Tijuana on Thursday to do some more promotion. And, and John, great to hear your voice because you are one of the greatest people in this industry. I mean that sincerely.
1: Phil, it's good to have you back. And one of the reasons is... We had such a void because of the fact, you know, we were able to kind of report on what was happening on the local fishing conditions, but there's no reports that are as thorough as yours. So in the time we have left available, uh, what do you know that we don't know?
12: Well, John, I'll tell you, I mean, you probably covered most of it. I know the Invictus, that... That whole story about the boat that sank yesterday hitting the Coronado Islands, one comment on that, and that is thank God everybody got off alive. That is uh, the best thing I can say about that. Uh, Also, sculpin season has closed along the Southern California coast. That was a bit of a surprise for Don Ashley, who called me from Pierpoint Landing. He was, you know, really aghast that the season had closed. He thought that they had not surpassed their quota, but apparently they had. And then, of course, I missed this whole thing with the uh, San Diego boats and the San Quentin Pongas. Um, I didn't miss it entirely, but I missed reporting on it, and we can talk about that later. But I'll tell you, John, now is the time, really, I mean, not since Zane Gray, back in the old days of Catalina Island, Have you had a chance to catch 100 plus pound bluefin tuna at San Clemente Island? I remember there were times when I was a deckhand on the Toronado back in, I guess the late 70s John Dippley was running the boat and Uh, every uh, once in a while we'd catch a bluefin or two or maybe even six or seven and that was a big deal. But now on an area we call Desperation Reef there is 40 to 100 plus pound bluefin tuna there. There's some yellowfin tuna also in that neck of the woods and man, it is good fishing and Everybody is there. By estimates from Ray Lagman, the Tornado, he thought there was over 100 boats there over the weekend. The Royal Polaris, yeah, he's even up there. Long-range boats (laughs) out of San Diego are up there fishing Desperation Reef off San Clemente Island, about 3.6 miles off San Clemente to be exact. And I'll tell you, the fishing has been great. The Royal Polaris, I think, had limits yesterday. A bluefin tuna, that is as good as it gets. They're big, they're tough, and, of course, they're great eating. And that fishing has been good. And You know, 3.5 miles from San Clemente Island means that if they don't bite, you can go into Clemente. And the tornado out of Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach did just that yesterday and found good calico bass fishing and good yellowtail fishing. So that is really another alternative, another option available to everybody in that neck of the woods. At Catalina Island, John, the fishing tremendous might not be on the biggest yellowtail you've ever seen in fact most are smaller grade yellows but 80 100 that's what the enterprise out of long beach marina sport fishing has been catching on a regular basis it's been really really good yellowtail fishing a few calico bass and when i say a few i mean the the legal size fish. a lot of calico bass but a lot of shorts but good legal fishing Uh, a few of those in there and it's been really really good and then you look locally in the L.A. Orange County area, and in that neck of the woods, it has been a tough year. I mean, last year, you could jump on a local boat and go out to the 150 spot off Long Beach and San Pedro, and you could catch, I mean, 20 to 30, 40-pound Yellowdale and copious amounts of those yellows. But this year, an entirely different year. It's been tough in there, and now that they've taken sculpin away, the DFW, has taken that away. It's even tougher. A lot of guys are fishing the rockfish, but Rafael Lamas from Yamas from uh, Paramount, California was out on the Southern Cal at a Pierpoint landing in Long Beach, and he said he had a great time and ended up with limits of really nice eating rockfish, so nothing wrong with that. And uh, hopefully that local scene. you know, I mean, it's the fall. We still have a chance for that to rebound, and maybe we'll see some exotics in there, some more yellows or some more fish in that neck of the woods. September 23rd, over there at Big Fish Bait and Tackle, Eddie Leland, good friend of mine. Nobody knows how to fish better our local area than Eddie, who ran the Enterprise for, I think, two decades, and he's a great guy. Uh, 6 p.m., he'll be giving an offshore great seminar, and also they'll have great, great discounts there at Big Fish Bait and Tackle on September 23rd. A very easy date for me to remember. It's my son Patrick's birthday. I was born on March 23rd. My dad's football jersey was 23, over at Ventura Junior College. So, 23, John, play it on the lottery tonight. It's a it's a great
1: number. Wow, you know, uh, <laughs> Phil, and down here in the South, the fish are still coming in the San Diego today. Out of Seaforth, Ryan reported that on a three-quarter day trip, they're bringing in 75 yellowfin tuna, and the. Uh, 10 to 20-pound uh, range. And out on the tribute over there, I also had a C4, Dave Burnside reports that, hey, they only were able to, uh, at that time, bring in two bluefin tuna, but their guys got way, way overmatched because they hadn't brought out the proper gear. And, Stan, you and I have been talking a little bit about this, too. Uh, when Whitney was gone, they are recommending that you bring a minimum of 40-pound test out there if you got two speeds, that would be nice. The fish right now are, are biting on the flat falls and the colt snipers. And there are 80 to 100-pound fish out there, so make sure that your leaders are heavy, 80, 100, even 130-pound fluorocarbon. And if you're fishing with live bait, use the 3 aught to the 5 aught circle hooks because you've got to be loaded for bears. So, Phil, those big fish are still out there.
12: Yeah, no doubt about it. I like big hooks on big fish. I think I've told the story on here before. Bob Alvarez was a great friend of mine. Uh, somebody asked where I was fishing, and he said, "Go up to the bow." He likes to fish the bow and find the biggest hook you can find. And that's when people were fishing a three zero hook, and I had a seven zero hook on <laughs> um, there. I, I, I agree with you, John. You've got to be really ready for these fish. You've got to be tackled up. And if you do, you've got a chance to land the fish of a lifetime. It's really, really been an incredible season. And, you know, the fall, here we are moving into the fall. That's your best weather months, your warm water months. And, uh, I mean, I think things are looking great. By the way, Notre Dame 7, Texas 7. I'm chewing my fingernails. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, uh, Phil, thank God you are not a USC fan right now, and I know you've got oh, several yeah. people like why. Hey, let me tell you, there, I mean, the, uh, Notre Dame played Alabama uh,
12: for number one in a bowl game here recently and got their clock clean. So uh, <laughs> Alabama is a tough, tough team. I'm not so sure Notre Dame would do any better against them.
1: You know, Phil, I know you've been doing some promotional work uh, down south of the border. Uh, uh, Do you have any trips planned that uh, we may want to know about if we want to go fishing uh, up out of uh, L.A. or Long Beach? No,
12: John, fishing-wise, I don't, but if anybody wants to go to a buffet lunch on (laughs) if anybody wants to go this Thursday, I'll be at the Grand Hotel in Tijuana, and of course, we'll have more fishing trips and a lot more stuff going on. I've kind of uh, segued into a more travel type of experience, but definitely, John, we'll be doing that. And, And when I say travel, of course, what's more dear to my fish than fishing will be included in every single trip we do.
1: All right. You know, and Phil, you happened to make mention uh, to an incident uh, down here with the Invicta. It happened to uh, uh, break apart uh, while it was uh, in the area of the Coronado Islands. And the thing that we can learn most from that is before every trip, there is a safety seminar. And the deckhands or the skippers or the second ticket, whoever, they get together with you. They show you where the life vests are. They show you. Uh, where the lifeboats are. They show you what the procedures are and tell you everything that you need to know in the case of emergency. You never plan that there's going to be an emergency, but you know, this case happens to show you that it sometime happens, and you have to be prepared. And luckily, with this particular situation, I don't think the guys even got wet. Uh, They uh, got off the boat, got into some lifeboats. There was another boat there to help them. The Coast Guard came on out and everything turned all right. There was just one uh, minor injury. But you've got to pay attention to those safety meetings, whether it's on the boats or in an airplane or wherever you go. It's really important.
12: Yeah, you make an important uh, point there, because a lot of people go to sleep during those meetings. And more important, John, third and seven, text, oh, my God, they just got a first down. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks. Texas just got a first time, but more important than that is the private boaters out there. I mean, they've got precious crew on their boat. They've got their daughters, their sons, their their friends, and they've got to really, really pay attention to this. They've got and make sure that no one's abusing alcohol or anything else on these trips. I mean, you're 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 driving a vehicle or a, a motor vessel, and you've got to be really, really careful. There's no doubt about that.
1: All right. Well, Phil Friedman, if we want to stay in contact with you, find out what the latest is, uh, get your blogs, get your latest uh, releases, uh, uh, maybe even find out where the heck that buffet is down in uh, Ensenada. How's the best way to go about doing it?
12: You can contact the Tijuana Jail at uh, (laughs) www. I'm only kidding, John. It's www.pforadio.com. That's the best way to do it. And uh, I'll tell you what, it is so great to be back with you and Stan and Wendy and everybody else. I love you guys, and thank you so much for having me back on board. Well, well you keep know,
2: the days are coming, buddy.
1: Yeah. You know, and, Phil, I think we are still in for a good end of the summer and beginning of autumn run on fish. So we're going to have a lot of stories to tell <laughs> before this current run of fishing is out. So thanks oh, a lot John, for being I have with us. no
12: doubt the best is yet to come. Wait and see. It's coming up.
1: All right. Phil Friedman, the voice of PFO Outdoors. Phil, thanks a lot, and we look forward to speaking to you in the upcoming weeks. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I are going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon with local Southern California inshore report. This is Rod and Reel Radio on AM 540, or you can listen to us live at rodandreelradio.com. We'll be back after these messages.
13: Amber marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the newport harbor area they're a factory authorized dealer for tohatsu and nissan outboards and also provide factory authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards located near the corner of 17th and placentia avenue amber marine is at 786 newton way in costa mesa affordable boating and repair since 1982 949-646-6918 and on the web at amber anglers are
9: Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked
6: if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
1: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rocklease Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rocklease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Now it's time for the Southern California Insurance Report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, good evening.
14: John.
1: Hey, it is good to have you aboard. Hey, and just uh, before we start to report, because I know you also use it too, Wendy, I just want to tell you that right now we are probably like most of the other stores in Southern California and we are restringing guys left and right with line and I've got to tell you predominantly they come in they're asking for line, and not only that with the guys using larger spinning reels on some of these fish that Iserline Triple X is the line of choice and man Wendy they just rave about it so I but I know that isn't a surprise to you
3: <laughs> well, you know that Triple X was actually made for spinning reels.
1: Well, we, we recommend that. And what's really great is when we are recommending a product like Iserline, or for that matter, too, products like Maxima and things like that, it's a line that we never have to apologize for. And, and so it's a great product. And thanks a lot for uh, letting us gain access to it. And, Jim, I know you use Iserline out there, too.
14: You betcha, John
1: hey uh, hey well, you know, thank you guys. hey you know uh, Jim uh, I I you know I follow you on Facebook and I think I lost count of the number of different species of fish that you and your clients came up with this past week we talked about it last week but man there were a lot of different uh, uh, fish that you were able to bring in in our inshore uh, and bay areas uh, tell us a little bit about how this week went for you
14: Oh, it went excellently, John. You know, couldn't have been a better week. Uh, we topped it off yesterday. It was a, a lot more wind than we liked, but, you know, nonetheless, we just uh, bumped around and found uh, some spots where we could get on some fish and without getting blown away too much and still caught it. So it's just a matter of adjusting to the conditions, and it's, I'm telling you, it's it's been really good, and it, it does this every year. I tell people every year, everybody's in a hurry to call summer over just because of this weekend. And this is when the bite starts getting better, you know, and it's just amazing. And th- this year is no exception. It's already getting better than it was, say, back in July.
1: Wow. Now, you know, uh, uh, one of the last pictures I saw, you had a young lady on there that was carrying a fish that I normally don't see. What What did she catch, and how would you go about catching it?
14: I'm um, a little curious about where you're talking which, which which photo? Uh, she was wearing a,
1: <laughs> a, a, a like a pink sweater, and it looked like it was a, a, a Corbina or something like that. Oh, yeah, she
14: did get a Corbina. You know, that gal caught a lot of different species. I think she outdid her husband as far as total numbers of species, and it, it was pretty fun. I think we caught everything except for a leopard shark, which he was really looking for, but she didn't care. Everything she caught was just, you know, you see that big grin on her face, and that's that's what she was like all day long. She just loved everything that she caught, and that's that's just cool. And that's what I like about our day. And, uh, how'd uh, you, can how'd you catch that? In.
1: How'd you catch that, Jim?
14: You know, you, you're going to like to hear this one. Oh, uh, she was throwing that little chartreuse line gold three-inch uh, <laughs> wow. shake that, that I like, John, on the on the little phoenix leadhead, little uh, quarter-ounce leadhead. Just a simple, you know, swim tail on the leadhead. Gee, go figure, huh?
1: Hey, I, I didn't Be in know. that
14: color, we'll figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Hey, you know, we, ta- we talked a little bit about it last week, too, Jim, and I saw uh, uh, pictures of a lot of your clients with uh, actually pretty nice How did How's that bite going?
14: That bite's going great. As a matter of fact, we even got a few in the bay. They're a lot smaller than the ones we're getting around the kelp line. But, you know, you get right around the kelp break, anywhere between 75 and 95 feet, and uh, cast or drag, your choice, it doesn't matter if it's live or, you know, made out of metal, it doesn't matter, it's, you know, you're going to get them, and if you happen to catch them when they're up and blasting on bait and there's birds diving, all the better, you know, that's a short-lived thing, because they is probably one of the fastest little critters out there, but you get on them right at the right time, and boy, it's just, it's magical.
1: I've had people asking me about uh, the South Bay, uh, you know, south of the... uh, uh, the the bridge we had talked about that the fishing had died down a little there because of the uh, water heating up. Have you uh, had any opportunity to go back there and see if that uh, that fishery's improved at all?
14: It it absolutely has, and a lot of those pictures that you've seen in the bay are uh, from the bridge on down. So it just shows that it's coming back again. Like I said, you know I've said it before every year at this time. And I'll say it again, this is the time of year it really gets good. So it's just amazing how how good, I mean, what that really means, because, you
15: know, anybody could say, oh, yeah, the fishing's great, get on out. But, no, it really is. It's getting good. It's getting better. The, the crowds at the ramps are going to start diminishing. Now is the time.
1: Well, Jim, if people want to book with you, they want to find out what your schedule is, uh, plan for the family to go out there because it's a great family outing to go out fishing with you in the bay or the inshore area, how do they get in contact with you?
14: Well, all they got to do is reach me online at thefishicon.com, or they can give a phone call six one nine three nine five zero seven nine nine. 619-395-0799, or while they're getting their reels, respond at the... English Arsenal, just talk to Chuck or John. They'll
1: get you a hold of me. Right. Well, you know, great time to be fishing in the bay. And, and Jim, uh, you have yourself a good Labor Day weekend and a great weekend. We look forward to uh, speaking to you uh, again in the coming weeks on Rod and Reel Radio.
14: Oh, absolutely. You guys take care and uh, enjoy this uh, extra day of weekend.
1: All right. Hey, that was Captain James Nelson, the fish icon with our local San Diego Bay and Southern California inshore report. Hey, we're going to take a little time right now. You know, if you've been living in a cave, you haven't seen this guy, but he's a regular on KUSI. He's on with Dave Stahl. He's talking about El Cajon Ford. Right now, Ford is having their big Labor Day Celathon, and who have who better to have on with us than the general manager of uh, Elko Ford, Mr. Paul Dyke? Paul, how's everything going for you, sir?
15: Everything's going great. Thanks for having me on the show. Sounds hey. like a good show so far that I've been listening to. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, we're having it's fun.
15: Good. It's uh, this is our big big weekend. Uh, Ford has these celathons a couple times a year, and this Labor Day Celathon is one of our biggest. Right now, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're pushing 80 cars. Um, that's what I was hoping to do for the four days. So now my new goal is 115 cars by tomorrow wow. night, and I think we can do it.
1: Wow. You know, Paul, just uh, uh, two things. Number one, I know you are starved for also good used cars. This is a good time for someone to bring in their used car and trade it in for uh, something else. Is uh a- are they getting the most for their money right now? Is it a good time to do it?
13: That's for
15: sure. Um, we do the uh, off-site uh, Walmart sales and uh, coming off a couple big ones of those. So our used car inventory is really down. Ford has some extra rebates, $1,000 incentives to trade in your uh, car. So if your car is worth five grand now all of a sudden it's worth six grand. Nice. You can still get uh, 0% financing for 72 months. You can get some other rebates if you're in the military or college grad or or first-time buyers there's all kinds of rebates out there there's even rebates if you have uh, competitive leases with other companies um, other product they give you a, they're just about giving you a rebate for any reason right now so that's what makes this weekend so successful for us
1: well the other thing too paul is this time of the year i know you have all the 2006s coming in Uh and ford buys heavily on them but You have to make room for them, and uh, the 2016s, you know, the 2017s are coming in. Uh, What are you doing, and do you still have 2016 inventory left?
15: We do have some. uh, The Super Duties, uh, we're pushing those out. Uh, Like you say, big incentives, big discounts, $12,000 off the diesel 4x4 crew cab, 16 XLT diesels we have in stock. Believe it or not, the 16 Edge did not come out until just about three months ago. So we have 15 Edges, which is all-new body style for 15. If you haven't seen them, they're absolutely gorgeous, super sleek, super sporty. have the EcoBoost engines in them. And those I really have to make go away, so I have $10,000 off the Edges. Uh, to make those move and we also have a huge selection of focus uh we overstocked on focus because we sell a bunch of them i have over seven thousand dollars off on focuses right now that are 16s because the 17s are right around the corner
1: hey we're speaking with paul dyke general manager of el cajon ford and and paul uh you know when it comes to uh uh trucks you know ford just uh, introduced in the past couple of years the all-aluminum body on the F-150 trucks. How's that working on out, and are F-150s still as popular as ever?
15: Number one selling vehicle for uh, going on 40 years this year, uh, the F-150 all-aluminum body has been fantastic. The EcoBoost engines, you're looking at uh, F-150s now that can get 22 miles of the gallon out on the freeway, still tow your boat, still do what a truck needs to do. Um, And you can, uh, also, if you go with the bigger EcoBoost engine, you can go all the way up to 11,500 pounds, which is what, uh, you know, the 250s and 350s used to tow. So the F-150 has really become popular because they drive so smooth. They're so quiet. Um, You get on the road, you feel like you're in a high-end car, but yet you can still go four-wheel and you can go to the beach, you can go to the desert, blast the thing in the sand and have a bunch of fun. So it's really been a practical car. Most people use them for every day and then fun on the weekends.
1: Paul, for the uh, the fishermen that have already this summer put too much money into their boat, and they're going to go fish the U.S. Open, or they're going out and figu- uh, regularly fishing these bluefin tuna that are out there. And I don't know; I don't have to tell you what that takes. How about if we're short on cash right now? Ford has some fantastic financing. Tell us about it.
15: Yeah, zero percent for seventy-two months. We don't need any money down to do the financing. And you can even stretch the payment out. If you have a $400 car payment right now and you want to go out and do some ocean fishing, I can send your payments away for 90 days so you don't have payments for the next three months. So go fishing.
1: That's three trips. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Paul, did I get that right on approved credit? Zero percent for how many months?
15: 72 months, six years, which makes for a really low, low payment. Holy um, if you finance $20,000, that's a $260 payment, which I can also extend out so you don't have a payment for 90 days, three months. And Ford right now, with all the other incentives that they stack on top of the zero percent, you know, with with just bare credit, we can do it with no money down. So it's Ford credit has been fantastic, another reason why uh, our sales been so successful, because Ford credit's really there for us.
1: Well. You know, it sounds like you're in for a fantastic cellathon this Labor Day weekend, Paul. Uh, this is the time, it sounds like, for uh, everyone to come in if they're interested in buying a new car, and particularly if they're interested in a Ford product, to get down to and Ford to see what you have. Tell us some of the ways, how's it, uh, how, how can we best know what your inventory is, and tell us about your hours for the rest of this Labor Day uh, holiday.
15: Actually, we found out that they're going to extend the rebates through Tuesday. So if you're going fishing, barbecuing, or right. doing something tomorrow, you got an extra day off. You're stuck working like me. You know, you need Tuesday to go buy your car. We'll still have uh, the sale going on through Tuesday. dot com is all our inventory on there. We have people that can help you. Uh, if you want help, you can go through there and not be bothered by salespeople, but there's all kinds of information there, too. And then, of course, if you're in anywhere near uh, El Cajon, it's Greenfield. Exit off of Highway 8, turn left on Main Street, and we're just right down on the left-hand side.
1: You know, Paul, and I know uh, even though you have regular business hours there, a little bird told me that you were there until the wee hours of the morning making sure that the people got the deals, that they wanted a new Ford product, and you were there to do it.
15: Yeah, we uh, were there till after midnight on Friday night and back in the store early 6.30 on Saturday to get it all going again. Um, last night we got out pretty good. We were out by 11.30. Um, we, we don't say come shopping at 11 o'clock, but if you're out at 8 or 9 o'clock, it's not too late to come in and look at a car, and if you decide something you like, we're here to make it easy for you.
2: And i got to tell you, I've sent a few people down there that that uh, needed a Ford, and, and to every one of them has told me that was the best Car sales experience that they'd ever been uh, been in, uh, and it had nothing but praise for you guys down there when they came out.
15: Well, we all want to be uh, we all want all of uh, the people out there, especially the fishing community, to be part of and Ports family, and that's what I tell my salespeople. These people are family. They'll come back. They'll bring their kids if we treat them right. That's what it's all about. Mr. Leader's a big fan of that. That's why these big weekends are so successful for us because. Just about every customer that's in here buying a car today has bought a car from us before
1: all right Paul Dyke general manager of Alcaho Ford go down and see him on Broadway in Maine in Alcaho Paul thanks for being with us and updating us on what's happening to the Ford cellathon especially at Elcon Ford you have a have a great weekend and we probably will be seeing you sometime during the week
15: all right happy Labor Day to everybody take care
1: thank you. Paul Dyke, general manager of Alcone Ford. Hey, Stan Wendy and I, we've got to take a break right now, but coming up next, Pro Angler Gary Dobbins is going to be with us. It's U.S. Open Time. What a better time to talk to someone like Gary Dobbins on that event and other things happening with Gary. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
9: Adventures. Call today HDM 90 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
10: Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody, from the smallest angler to the oldest veteran. We can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum. We are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal.com at 619-466-8355.
15: Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradiocom slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hi, this is BSS record
14: holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford.
1: Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to our Rod and Reel Radio. Welcome, everyone. Thanks a lot for hanging with us on this Labor Day weekend. Hey, our next guest, he he is the true ultimate professional angler. Not only does he fish tournaments, he is very involved with a new tournament organization. He manufactures one of the best fishing rods on the market, and he is a past champion of the U.S. Open where he is preparing to go to here in the next couple of days let's introduce everyone to one of the best guys around gary dobbins gary welcome to the show hey i'm
2: happy to be here hope you guys are doing as good as i am <laughs> oh wait a minute you're not fishing lake mead then are you <laughs> i'm getting ready to. but I'm, how you, doing, you gary? gotta go there with a the good attitude if you're gonna catch it well you know that hey, gary hey how you doing
11: wendy
3: i'm doing good i miss you
11: Yeah, I miss you too. You're hanging around a little bit of bad company here, you know. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs)
2: Love you too.
1: (laughs) That's right, Gary. We'll get over it. (laughs) Hey, Gary, you're you're ubiquitous. You just seem to be everyone, everywhere here, especially in the Southwest. It seems like though you've you've been a a pro forever. You're you know you're in the same category as a Gary Klein and a d thomas and and some of the fellows that we've known here for a long time but when you first started growing up was there someone you looked up to or how did you get the passion for bass fishing that you have now you know i was lucky enough
11: that uh my family was always fishermen and um you know my dad and my grandfather really got me hooked on fishing and and uh i just i mean i just kind of went nuts over it all i ever wanted to do was fish or pick a gun up once in a while too of course but and, um, you know, with my grandfather and my father, and they never fished tournaments, of course. I uh, I kind of fell into that, to be honest with you. I fished a little tackle shop tournament one time when I was 23 years old, and, you know, I loved to compete and I loved to fish, so there just wasn't no better. You know, competition fishing was just, it was just didn't get any better than that. Wow.
1: And, you know, and, I you know, we can go through your past record, and, and unfortunately, we don't have enough time in the show to go through all the things that you've done, so... <laughs> Let's talk about probably one of the biggest events coming up here in the uh, Southwest. It's going to be the 34th anniversary of the U.S. Open, and you have fished this for a few years. You've got an amazing track record on a a tournament that you've actually proclaimed is on the lake that you least like to fish almost in the country, and you go out there like you own us. Tell us a little bit about your history with the U.S. Open. Well, you know, you know,
11: Lake Mead it's got you have this love hate deal. I mean you love it one day and you hate it the next because it changes every day.
2: Yes, it but does. I don't
11: feel that there's a more you know, I don't feel there's a more fair tournament lake in the country. You know, it doesn't really favor anyone. I mean no matter where you live you can win or you can get clubbed. And uh and that's Lake Mead. And as a fun fishing lake,
2: I would never go to Lake Mead. <laughs> I mean, a, is, or, you know, just... Gary made a comment. We were doing an interview. <laughs> he goes, if Lake Mead was my home lake, I'd move <laughs> a while back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did say that. But, but yeah, a tournament
11: lake, you know, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's big. You know, it's a, just a vast waterway and. And there's so many different techniques that are so strong there. I mean, you can literally win a tournament on Lake Mead doing whatever you like to do. I mean, there's enough grass to punch. You can throw topwater frogs. You can throw topwater, you know, spinnerbaits, jigs, drop shot. I mean, swimbaits. Just really, however you want to fish, you can fish Lake Mead. It's just the ultimate tournament lake. And for tournament fishing,
2: I absolutely love Lake Mead. It, season, is, it is I the greatest equalizer of fishermen that I've ever been to. I mean, it, it is anybody's game if you can get on that fish, and the trick is to get on them that third day at the open and stay and come in with a, a decent bag that last day you got a shot at it. If you don't, uh, you're out. You, it, it really makes the, it brings the best fishermen out, and it, and it really puts them to the test.
11: Well, you know, it's you know, usually you're dealing with the weather. It's usually just hot, big, hot. Um, so you got to beat the weather, you got to beat the fish, and then you come in and see if you beat the fishermen. And you know, someone's always going to catch them. Um, I've seen so many guys be in the top five going in the last day, and I mean, just out and out blank. Um, yep, that's Lake Mead.
2: Wow, you know, Gary, that Thursday day uh, is a tough one.
1: We're we You know, we've been talking a little bit, and I know that uh, Stan and I have a, a history of fishing uh, uh, that goes way back, and, and we fished in a few opens ourselves, and we've been to the events where I think you've got a couple of second-place finishes, you had a third-place finishes, that, those had to be really disappointing, but then you finally cracked through, I think it was in, in 2009, and you won that event. Tell, tell us a little bit about that process. You
11: know, you just can't, in those big tournaments, you just can't have a screw-up, you know, and I mean, I can remember a fifth-place finish where I didn't weigh a limit the last day. I only weighed four, and if I'd weighed a fifth one, I would have won. You know, a couple seconds and a third where I lost a fish. Um, yep. I actually busted one off at the end of the third day, and you know, it was only a two-pounder, but I was carrying a pound and a quarter fish, and I needed to cull, and I busted that two pounder off and I'm like, Well, that cost me. You just don't get to make a mistake like that on Lake Mead and and you know, I just thought I just really thought I you know, wonder if I could ever win this tournament and then in two thousand and nine it was such a fluky deal that, you know, I had a good I actually led day one by one hundredth of a pound. Um, <laughs> you know, and I and honestly I caught most of my fish on a swim bait that day. And the next day the the day that actually secured the open for me was day two. I was running by a point that I'd ran by this thing. I'd actually practiced it three times during, the, during practice, never had a bite. And it's just a perfect, perfect place. And the wind was slamming into it. And I ran past it. I, was, I looked at it as I went by, and I'm like, man, the wind's blowing hard on that point. If they're ever going to be there, it's today. And, but I hadn't been bit, so I kept going. And then I ran like a quarter mile past it, and I thought, I've got to go back. I have to. So I turned around and ran back into the blast-off line. Everybody blasting off I ran into and I stopped on that point on my second cast. I caught like a uh, two and three quarters. On my third cast, I caught a three and a half. A couple casts later, I caught it like a two and a half. And, I mean, the blastoff was still going on. And, I mean, I got three studs in the boat. And I said, well, if they're on this point, I know a point around the corner that's the same. And I ran around there, and I threw a jig on that point. And, it was, and the jig was falling on the cast, and the line just hopped off the water. I set the hook, and I got another two-pounder. And and I never even I never made it back where I fished day one. Um, but that, that one just gut feeling stop on day two, that's what won the open for
2: me. You know, isn't that amazing how that works for your, your fish intuition is what I call it. You know, when you're, you're starting to go down a lake and you've been going to specifics and all of a sudden you go, no, I got to stop and I got to throw on that. And, that. and more times than not, when you make that kind of judgment call, it can work for you big time. And I, I there's no way to tell somebody how to do that either. You just, that's just something you just come up with.
11: You know, I, I tell you, I feel I always say that everybody's got that gut instinct and most guys just don't follow it. But yeah. i heard other guys tell me, no, 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 I don't have that. You know, <laughs> no, I don't have that. But I think most people do. They just don't follow it. They're, they're afraid to. To uh, change up from their practice, but man, you
2: got to fish with your gut. If you feel like you can catch one over there, you need to go try it. Well, they, that's what the difference between guy. I think that's where the difference between the guys that know how to win and the guys that are still struggling come into play.
11: Well, it's uh, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta gamble a little bit to win sometimes too. Yep. Uh, you know you gotta fish for sometimes fewer bites and bigger bites and and then when you come in with that four fish, you kick yourself in the butt like, my gosh, why didn't I stop and throw a throw a worm and catch a fifth fish at uh you know, but then if you know you waste the time you spend an hour or hour and a half catching a couple of pound and a quarter fish or pound fish to get your limit and then you call it and you feel like you just wasted a pound, uh, you know an hour and a half while you're trying to just catch a limit
1: so Gary, you know, on, on, on a body of water like Lake Mead, it's only like forty six, forty seven percent of full pool. And I know you have a history on that lake in that the the lake is significantly smaller than, the, let's say, at full pool. But you still have over a thousand miles of shoreline. How do you take and you find the spots to fish on this lake when it's so still so big that that are going to be productive?
11: You know, it's uh, it's uh, gosh, it's a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of gut too. It, you know, I'll get into an area and I'll fish, and if I get a couple of bites, decent bites, I mean, I'll just leave. I'll just know that I'm going to fish in that, you know, there in the tournament, and you know, I'll make a, a big move and I'll, you know, I'll run four or five or ten or fifteen miles, and you know, and whip in and, and do something completely different. You know, if I locate some fish, you know, down through there, I pick up and I move again. And I really just, I don't like to beat up on my fish. I don't even like to show them my baits, to be honest with you. It um, just seems like I have bad luck going back and catching fish that I've messed with and practice too much. So I just try to find areas that I get, you know, I have a lot of faith in, and, and then I go. And, but uh, I, let, I let the wind play a part of me, too. You know, mm-hmm. if the wind blows, I mean, I tend to fish more up the Colorado, because once you cross the main base, are you know, you're pretty protected. You can fish. But if you get caught up that Overton, you know, I mean, you could you could literally could waste four or five hours just getting back. So I let the wind dictate a little bit too.
2: Well, you have to on that body of water too, and and if you don't watch the weather patterns and which way it's going to come that next day, you know, every day is different and it can turn on you, you know, in a snap. So really, that wind is. A huge dictator of where you're going to go and how you're going to get back in 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 a time frame that you have.
1: You know, there's different zones of uh, even weather on that lake, as Stan was referring to, because if you, let's say, take off from Colville Bay, even with the current configuration of of the lake, and let's say you want to go up and you want to fish the uh, extreme northeast end of the lake uh, up at Greg's Basin, you still have a fifty-five mile trip, and the weather can be completely different on one side of the lake as opposed to the other.
11: Oh boy, boy! I tell you what—I mean, we've all learned that lesson the hard way a couple of times. Cause,
2: you yeah, know, it's we where you—it's
11: not bad, and then once we start back, we all of a sudden we run into just, oh my gosh, look at this.
2: Well, yeah, because you can be up in Greg's Basin, the, the north end up there, uh, the Colorado side, and. and and all of a sudden you realize the wind's blowing into your face as you're coming home. So that's when I let the next guy that's behind me go at speed until he hits the area at the the base and find out how rough it is, because usually that guy gets airborne once or twice, and you can see it.
1: Well, we've (laughs) all been... We've all been through it that we've been fishing in calm in Greg's Basin or up in, uh, uh, up by uh, uh, the Temple or whatever it is. And as soon as we get into that basin, the next thing we know, there's five-foot wind waves. And as Gary says, you've got to really worry about those things because uh, it takes its toll not only on you, on the boat, if you don't handle it correctly. Hey, Gary, we've got to take a break right now. Any way we can get you to stay around for another segment? Oh, for Sure. Hey, we're speaking with pro bass angler Gary Dobbins, talking a little bit about the U.S. Open. Former, He's a former U.S. Open champ. We're also going to talk a little bit about, if we have, the uh, Wild West Bass Trail and Gary Dobbin rods, which is, I think, something that's near and dear to Gary's heart. So stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and Gary Dobbins. will all be back after these messages.
13: Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways
10: Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
2: Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio.
13: Those guys are who I thought they were.
1: Stan Windy and our special guest, pro-angler Gary Dobbins, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. And, and, and Gary, we had a chance to talk just a little bit before we went on the air, and you were telling me about a little dilemma that you're involved in <laughs> right now. Get, you, you want to... Relate to our audience just what that is. Well, I tell you, I, uh, I started loading my boat to head down to
11: Lake Mead to the U.S. Open, and right now I've got probably 35 fishing rods laying across the top <laughs> deck, trying to get them sorted out of which which 20 is probably going to make the cut.
2: <laughs> you know, and I was going to ask you to go through the rods that you like to use for the baits that you like to use for Lake Mead or whatever, because most people, one, they don't know your rods, and they wouldn't know which ones to pick for which bait. So, if you want to walk through, not all thirty of them, but give us a dozen that <laughs> 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 do you like to use for different baits that you may be taking uh, on this trip. Well, it's uh,
11: you know I'm going to take a couple spinning rods. I'm pretty. I don't carry very many of those, and a uh, a lot of longer a longer rods. A lot of three, four, and five powers, which is a medium heavy, heavy, and a uh, and mag heavies. You know, for jigs and. I can throw swim baits, and you know I throw spooks. Um, gosh, just a little bit of everything. But I like longer rods, and you know I just try to get pared down. And and gosh, I've just got so many. I'm just I'm so picky about the right rod for the right technique that uh, you know I even drive myself half crazy sometimes. Like today.
2: Well, that's just part of the sport because each rod is a specific tool. It's like this is a screwdriver, this is a hammer. You know, this is a Phillips and this is a Flathead, but but with that, which rods? Like, if you're going to throw a spook or a spinnerbait or or you know your swimbait, which one of your rods would you use for, let's say, throwing a spook or or for throwing a spinnerbait or throwing a ripbait? Let's go through those. Well, a spinnerbait and a spook rod for me is pretty much
11: the same. It's a seven thirty four champion, seven foot three four power, um, which is a heavy action, but it's still got a really good tip on it. Um, I carry a, a um, you know I carry some stout jig rods. I like a five power and jig rod. I mean you, you know lake Mead, you'll make a long cast or a powerful rod, especially a long powerful rod. you can actually get into that fish when you make a really, really long cast and you know the thing about it is a lot of the guys they just you know they make do or they try to try to use the wrong rod for the technique and it costs them yeah, and in a tournament like the u s open you just can't have you can't have a mess up. Um, so I mean, it's just a, it's just tools, and you know we build really high-end rods. We, you know we have a rod for everyone. We launched a Fury line this year. That uh, price point is you know 109 bucks. But guys, this is not a cheap rod. It's a it's a very very well-made rod. It's got Tory material in it, fully Tory material, which is you know made in Japan. It's the best material you can buy, and and that's what's even in the uh, in the Fury series. So we build good stuff, balanced, and sensitive, and you know rods are just what we do. I won't bore you to death. I could talk rods for hours you know well, good but,
2: let's talk about which which jig rod are you taking
11: i'm taking a, a dx 745 it um it's seven foot four power so it's almost flip and stick length but it's really light balanced and uh it's got a it's got a little bit of tip in it but it comes into power really fast in the upper midsection so i can get good hook sets you know i'm going to throw half ounce jigs only um you know i fish really fast and a half ounce i can just cover a lot of water I want a pretty powerful rod. Uh, if I was throwing a lighter one, I might drop down to a four-power, which would be a heavy, but um, 745, 744, either one of those, they're... It's a seven, that's a seven-foot seven rod, Gary,
2: or a seven-foot four-inch? Seven-foot four-inch. There
1: you go. You know, Gary, and we've talked about smallmouth bass really making a difference here at Lake Mead in the past few years. And with the, the rods that you're talking about, something that has a lot of power in it, especially on long casts that you need at Lake Mead because of the clarity of the water, you need something that if you get bit on the drop, you can set the hook on it. Because tell us about the difference of, uh, of catching a smallmouth as a pair opposed to a largemouth. Well, think of smallmouth.
11: They like to spend half their time in the air, which just gives every bass <laughs> fisherman about a half a heart attack, you know. The largemouth are bad to jump. The smallmouth, they're just going to spend half their time in the air coming to the boat and you got to have some flex in the tip to help keep them pinned, but you got to have a stout tip, enough tip power really to be able to get that hook into them to begin with. And you know they, them fish in Lake Mead, they uh, they tend to have they have a great way of coming off. So I mean, I try to bury the hook and and I keep a lot of tension on them. I really keep a, a good load in the rod, and uh, that way when they do jump, I've got you know I've still got some load, of, some power, some you know uh, some tension on them to keep them in the boat, but. Them smallmouth, I mean, it's a love hate deal. I mean, you love to catch them. There's a lot of big ones there. You just, you know, just I wish they would just fight like they do a lot of times in practice. They don't jump, but two or three times. The tournament starts, they jump ten times.
2: So. Well, you know, the other part is that 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 I don't know what it is about that fish in that lake, but they they do like to get air, and keeping a hook in that fish is is the, probably one of the toughest lakes. Around and and I think it's because the either the crawdad or the shad that they're eating they are they have a very tough roof of the mouth or or and lip area uh, on the fish in Lake Mead uh, trying to get a hook set into them like you were saying that it really makes a difference on the rod that you're using to get the hook set into that fish to start with and that's why most yeah. of these guys or a lot of the guys they you hear them. You know, war stories. Oh man, I lost them. You know, they jumped into the bait. Well, the problem is, you never got the hook in them.
11: That's true. A lot of times, you don't have the hook in them, and they're about half Houdini anyway. Them suckers. I mean, they just have a way of getting
2: away a lot. But
11: they do. Everybody loses fish in Lake Mead. Yep. Um But well, Terry.
1: Also, you know, Terry, the best also, you you know do is... you're used to fishing a lot of the lakes in Central and Northern California. There's not a quagga mussel issue there. There is one serious at. Uh, Uh, At Lake Mead, you're also fishing uh, a lot of structure. There's not a lot of vegetation normally that you can fish. Uh, Are you gearing up differently when it comes to your line test and the lines that you're using, fishing Lake Mead as opposed to fishing in central or northern California?
11: You know, I honestly, believe it or not, I tend to go heavier. Um, I tend to go heavier because there is so many mussels. Lake Mead has got more quaver mussels in it than any body of water that we have anywhere that I know of. Um, it's infested with them. And, and uh, you know, a bigger line is just a little bit stouter, a little bit more abrasion resistance. And, you know, and you stand a little bit better chance of getting that fish in the boat. But, it, um, you know, the smallmouth population has just taken off in Lake Mead. It's just it's unbelievable. I mean, half the fish in there, I think, are smallies now. Um, certain times of the year, you'll see more smallies and largemouth. And then certain times of the year, you'll see more largemouth and smallies. But it's pretty much a 50-50 deal. The fish are very, very healthy. Um, I've heard some of the people say that Quagga's kind of messed up the smallmouth fishing, but I'll be honest with you, I don't really see that. Lake Mead is fishing, honestly, as good as I've ever seen it. The fish are as healthy as I can ever remember seeing them. Um, you know, Lake's doing really, really good.
1: Well, now, uh, fishing braid is opposed to fishing monofilament, fluorocarbon, uh, uh, where you might be fishing a lot of braid uh, up in the Delta or Clear Lake are you doing that at Lake Mead uh, with the Quag issue, or are you just going to, uh, uh, you know, heavier uh, pound test copolymers and uh, uh, monofilaments?
11: You know, I use I use a lot of braid. I've always used a lot of braid, and I use a lot of braid Lake Mead too. But on my jigs and and you know my bottom contact baits, I mean, I use I just use a you know P line fluorocarbon, and it's you know it's really a good abrasion resistance line, but Anytime I'm up in the top of the water column, I'm throwing braid. Um, you know, I can make a longer cast. You'll see fish break a long ways away. Well, if you've got braided line, you can, you can cast, a, you know, a country mile, but all you got to do is just tighten up, and, you, you know, you've got them because there's zero stretch in that line. So I throw a lot of braided line in lake meat. Um, all my top waters are always on braided line, and I use it whenever I can. I, I mean, I just really, really like it.
1: Gary, if we can't, how how you f- uh, feeling nowadays? I know in the, the past years you've had some back issues. Uh, uh, you've gone through some surgeries. Uh, are you feeling as as good as ever now, or do you still have some issues?
11: Oh, I have still got some issues. I've got stinking plantar fasciitis in my right foot right now. It's about to drive me crazy. But overall, I'm pretty healthy. I'm just I'm a lot like Stan. I'm just fat, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you very much,
1: buddy. <laughs> he who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. <laughs> hey, Gary, we look forward to seeing you at the U.S. Open. Uh, uh, Rod Real Radio will be at Lake Mead on uh, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be doing some recordings for the following weekend. I hope we get a chance to record you because it means that you're doing well. Well, I really hope you get to record me. Too, cause <laughs> cause that will really
11: mean I'm doing well. Really, anyway,
1: that's...
2: <laughs> that's the key really issue right there gary real quick how is the wild west tour doing
11: you know it's doing awesome you know the wild west bass trail i mean it started because we really need you know the opportunity to, like we used to have i mean you know back when you know quite a few years ago you know one bass had a lot of pro west coast bass we had western bass you know we had a lot of good pro-em circuits that have you know they have just went away um and we brought the Wild West Bass Trail back to try to give the West Coast that big shot in the arm. You know we're televising all the events. You know we're trying to make our own Western heroes per se. Um, and you know the FLW they they bring a great circuit out here for, but it's only three events. It's not enough. And the Wild West hopefully is gonna you know rejuvenate the fishermen in the West and hopefully our all of our anglers don't have to go back east you know to compete like they do now. I mean so if you're gonna e- if you're gonna be a a full-time bass fisherman, you just about have to go back east and fish. If we can keep uh, Wild West in the direction it's going right now, we're hoping to change that. We'd like to have that format out here where our, for our anglers can actually stay home because the best fishermen in the country come out of the West.
2: I give, I'll give you this. Gary and I have been talking. We talked about this circuit for the last couple of years. In the, this last year come together. I'm honored to be the guy that ensures the Wild West Bass Circuit and and been able to help uh, get this thing started with with Gary and the crew there. But I've got to tell you, Gary, the guys that I've talked to love it, and it's grown, it's going to grow. Uh, there's a lot more guys that are going to be in, involved with it in the coming year. Um, I've talked to several guys that that were have already done only one or two, and then they were real excited about being able to fish the whole circuit next year. So. C- congratulations from my side. You've done a great job, bud.
11: Yeah, we've got some work to do still, to be honest with you. It's not where we want it to be. Um, we want it to be bigger and better. But, you know, payback is more than 100%. You know, all, everything's televised, um, championship, boats. Um, dude, we're, I mean, you know, we've we only got half a year under our belt, a little more than a half a year, eight months under our belt, but things are really good. And I really look forward to a really
2: strong 2017 season. It's looking good, buddy. That's all I can tell you. It's looking good from my side.
1: You know, Gary, for the fishermen out there, you're running two different circuits. You're running a a pro-am circuit, and then you're also running a team circuit. And it sure seems like uh, in uh, the Northern California area, that team circuit was pretty popular, and you had a great draw.
11: You know, we averaged well over a hundred boats all year long in our teams in California, and believe it or not, I hate round numbers, but we average exactly seventy-five boats in Arizona, and that's pretty strong. That's you know, Arizona crazy. doesn't have as much water, and it's just they don't have as many anglers. So, first year seventy-five boat average in teams, it's it's pretty strong. That's great. You know, it is, and it's you know the fishermen are supporting it. Things are really great. Well we're going to different bodies of water, like the old days. You only get you get to hit your home pond once, but then you gotta go to the next guy's home pond because all the events are on different bodies of water every time. So you
1: little know,
11: traveling we- but it's better.
1: You're competing, too, with, uh, obviously, Bassmaster Elite and Bassmaster and everything. And, and this year for the U.S. Open, and you probably noticed that, too, in the Wild West Circuit, you're, you're not getting the big names out here. You're not getting the Dean Rojas and the Aaron Martins and the Rick Kluns and uh, uh, all, all the guys that used to fish on out there because there's conflicts. But that is giving... The new fishermen, the up-and-coming young fishermen, a tremendous opportunity to get involved in these circuits and to actually make it worth their while to pay uh, a payoff so that they stay here in the West. Yeah, well, maybe Aaron and Dean and them guys are scared to come out here and play. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
11: That's it. Hey, Carrie, do you
3: have any ladies that are fishing in the tournament?
1: What's up, Wendy? Again, Wendy, he didn't hear you. tournament Wendy was asking how many how is the participation by ladies in the wild west bass circuit
11: to be honest with you it's not bad we had quite a few gals that actually traveled a full circle with us this year um we uh it's surprising more than you would ex- more than you would expect Wendy. it really is um and you know we're having a fun factor too everything we run a professional event but there's a little bit of horsing around a little bit of fun that goes along with it so it's um we have a really really good time
1: well gary we <laughs> wish you luck in the uh, us open and also with the Wild west bass circuit but if people want to find out more about the dobbin's rods the different powers that you have the selection and everything like that where can they go for that information
11: you know at dobbin'srods.com um and also you know our shop phone number is 530 671 1989 you know, we love to help our customers pick rods. I mean, we talk them and talk about models, and we do it every day, and we're really good at it. So, you know, our dealers say that 70% of, uh, of their customers come in knowing exactly what Dobbin's rods are after because, you know, basically we pre-sell them. We, you know, we do fishing rods, and we talk fishing rods all day, so don't be bashful. Give us a call.
1: Well, That's I like to the right
2: that, attitude right there.
1: I like to think that Gary is one of the most accessible pros that there is uh, on the circuit, but if you call Dobbin Rods, don't expect to be talking to him in the next couple of weeks. He's going to be busy. <laughs> try to,
2: try to Hopefully I'm going be 35 to be 25 to 20. A,
1: yeah. Hey, Gary, we thank you very much for being with us. Take time. At finish packing up your boat, and we look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas and on Lake Mead in the next week or so.
11: Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, Wendy, keep these
2: guys in line. <laughs> <laughs> that way. Well, good luck over there, brother.
1: Thank you, I will, Gary. Bye-bye. Good luck. Hey, Thanks, Wendy. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but we talked a little bit about the upcoming 34th anniversary of the U.S. Open. And with us is uh, one bass director, Billy Egan. He's going to be with us in just a minute after these messages. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more show to come. Captain.
5: two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers stateroom and open berthing areas an impressively large deck area 200 scoop bait capacity we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one to view our schedule log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144 you can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com.
2: 7262, or just spell Bass Boat. 1 800 Bass Boat. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1 800 Bass Boat, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1 800BassBoat.com.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
1: Hey, Stan, with you and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Before we bring Billy Egan on, Stan, you just brought a new sponsor to Ron Real Radio. Quickly, tell us a little bit about Amber Marine.
2: You know, this was one of the best finds I have come across in Years actually, Uh, everybody knows that I do the insurance at one eight hundred Bass Boat. We insure boats, both freshwater and saltwater. But coming up with you know uh, somebody that can repair motors and get it done quick is my toughest venue. I mean, if it's a Mercury, you can get them done you know within twenty four hours. You can get parts, but when it comes to the older motors, Johnson and Evinrude the Tohatsu motor that a lot of people use on their sailboats that are out there, and, and some of the motors that you don't find. I haven't had anybody that could do the work on those for years, and all of a sudden I found Amber Marine a while back, and they have been—they've really filled the gap. If you've got a Johnson motor and you need work on that, these guys have all the parts in the world, and, and the Johnson mechanic that's a race mechanic <laughs> knows how to make them work. Same thing with the Evinrudes. And the Tahatsus, if you've got your uh, sailboat out there and you can't figure out who to go to, these guys are phenomenal about getting that job done. The other cool thing, they have used motors for sale. Oh, so if right. you need a repower, you can go online to oh. com and you can look at used or uh, available used motors. And they give you a warranty on those. You've got anything from your pole start motors, a little electric start motors from, you no know, 10 to 50, 60 horsepower. The small ones up to 225, 250 horse motors that you can buy uh, at a really reasonable rate. And there is nobody around that has what they have.
1: You can't all right, find All right, Stan. Hey, if you want to find out more about Amber Marine, if you missed her phone number, just go to radiocom and we have a link to Amber Marine directly to them, and you can find out more about them. Hey, now we've got waiting for us the director, One Bass, Billy Egan. It's the 34th annual U.S. Open. And, Billy, I understand you might be on a record pace this year. Welcome to the show.
14: Thanks, John. Stan, good to be on the show. Yeah, this year is, uh, it's turned out to be a phenomenal year. Um, You know, every year the U.S. Open, since I've been running it, it's been a great event since 2010. We've increased boats, uh, boat numbers each year. And uh, last year we were able to do it by one boat. So I could still say that every U.S. Open still increased boats. Uh, We had 168 boats last year. And I'm proud to say that we've got over 190 boats right now registered. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. 190, and that's possible uh, because once I left the office on 430 Friday, I was done. So some of the uh, entries came in online while we were gone, all that much better. We've been trying to reach 200 for uh, as long as I've been here, and this is the closest we've come. And, you know, last year's 168 was a record breaker, so we did it again by, by a long stretch.
1: Well, Billy, there's probably a, a lot of reasons for more interest out here in the West in the U.S. Open, and we just had Gary Dobbins on, and we know that a lot of the elite fishermen that love, would love to be out here, the, the, the Rick Kluns and Gary Kline's and Dean Rojas's and Aaron Martin's and John Murray's and Clifford Perch, they're not able to be out here or else you'd be well over that number. What's, what's the big interest, do you believe?
14: Well, you know, uh, last year, I was uh, stewing pretty hard about you know the U.S. Open dates because I really wanted to try and make an effort to place the tournament in a time where we could get those elite guys and the guys that are you know uh, surging into the U.S. Open and, and really break that two hundred boat mark. But uh, as I realized last the year before, when I was trying to to uh, adjust the dates, I really looked at it and I had a couple of conversations with good people in the industry. You know, we were really growing from within, and you know although we would love to have the elites there. That's not who is is bringing the the numbers up each year. It's the grassroots guys that are fishing the team tournaments and (laughs) some of the other circuits out there that uh, have just – the U.S. Open's always been what the U.S. Open is, but it's becoming more familiar with more anglers these days because of the coveted uh, opportunity that the U.S. Open gives you as a a U.S. Open champion. You just look at some of the people that have won it in the past. It's set the path for a lot of these guys. Uh, Gary Dobbins won it in 2009, so he's yep. a he knows what it's like. Uh, Clifford Perch has won it three times. Aaron Martin's won it three times, but we don't have those caliber guys here, and so the, I think a lot of those guys are going, heck, you know, I've got a better shot at it. And even though we've got higher numbers and they're fishing against more guys, it also bumps up the payouts because uh, we pay out one in five. So there's going to be almost what almost 40 spots, 35 spots being paid at this tournament. Um, plus all the included options and I hear it every year the day the us open ends at the awards show the guys come up to me and say hey can we go can we start again tomorrow
15: it's, <laughs> it's
14: just even though it kills them it's grueling it's unbelievably stressful these guys enjoy it so much that they're willing and able which is crazy to go out the next day and start it all over again so it's just that type of event it's got that electricity it's got that um, spark that everybody wants to be a part of, and they just don't want to miss it, really.
1: Well, Billy, I know our listeners, especially that are bass fishermen or freshwater fishermen, they know how big this event is. they follow it over the years. A lot of our listeners, though, are saltwater guys. They're not as familiar with uh, some of the happenings in the freshwater scene, and and they may look at this as just being a southwest event, but this is not only a U.S. event, but it also draws an international field too. Yeah,
14: we've actually got, uh, gosh, about six guys coming from Japan and Korea this year uh, to fish it. We've got a bunch of As that are coming. Um, we've got a, a magazine that's covering it from over there. And for the fourth year in a row, we're going to be doing our uh, coastal live broadcast of the, just about every aspect of the tournament for four days during during the event. So they can log on to wildbass.com and everybody can watch the live broadcast. Uh, that Mark uh, Jeffries is helping us do, again, for the fourth year. And Coast is sponsoring that. But, you know, the winner is going to walk away with a brand-new Z20 with a Mercury 200 OptiMax on there worth about $41,000, plus a guaranteed $50,000 first place, which will probably raise a bit because of the number of boats that we've got. But, you know, you're you're winning this tournament. Not only is it giving you the prestige, but you're walking away with about $100,000
0: in your pocket.
1: Now, uh, has the... uh entry time closed or do the pros still have time to enter this event uh, bill
14: well technically uh i can't take any entries once official practice starts on the 8th but i, I put it out that uh friday at the end of at 12 o'clock friday was uh, our initial cutoff and i like to do that just so that i know that i've got enough triple a's to cover all the pros that we've got and you know there's some guys that are practicing out there and there's some equipment issues that happen so We're a little bit flexible, but once official practice starts, there is nobody getting in and there's nobody paying off their debts. Everybody's paid in full, and we're rocking and rolling because it isn't fair for guys to get out there and test the waters and decide that they want to get in at the last minute.
1: You know, this is just an important event for the Triple A's because they're not fishing for chicken liver. I mean, they're an important part of the pros' weight because it's a shared format, even though you know they're going to go on their own weight when it comes after their accumulation for three days. They're fishing for a lot of prize money too.
14: That's what makes it a lot, a lot of fun this this event because they're not, uh, you know, fishing against each other on the same boat or you know having to fish different parts of the water and, and not share water. It's a shared weight format. So basically, between the pro and the co, the best five fish that they can get in one day is what's going to cut it. So you've got. Uh, a pro up front doing one strategy and he's he's coaching the cohen back to do another strategy to see what will put the best five fish in the boat on each day.
1: You know and that's and, what it's really about. yeah Stan and I have been to uh, many award ceremonies at US opens and I, I can't think of a time when the winner or one of the guys that have finished high in the standings, not only are they thanking their sponsors and everything else like that, but they're giving special recognition to their uh, uh, their AAA that's fishing with them because they helped contribute to the pro's success. And the same thing with the AAA.
14: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it bodes well for the event and for the experience when they're working together as a team each day. And, you know, for three days they're fishing with a randomly drawn person each day. So, you know, it's one, one because they, it gives them uh, a team to work with. Two, it gives us the ability to make sure there's always two people on the boat. And three, you know, the random pairing kind of gives you a little bit of uh,
2: legitimacy when the guys are out there on the water together. And, and I'll we... tell you, as a guy that fished the Open as a you know as a pro, I, I love the Open. I I just don't get a chance to the business to get away and, and do that as much as I'd like. But I'll tell you, if, when you get a good... Co-angler in the back of your boat, um, especially if you can get three days of good co-anglers, you, that really helps. If you've got like, somebody that knows a little bit about the lake or a little bit uh, about how to fish, and I've, I've, I've been sending these guys out to uh, to be co-anglers, a bunch of them that I know, young guys that are out there. I go, go, because you're good, and you're going to have a great time, and you've got a shot at, at one, winning some money, and you're going to have a blast and learn about a lake that you've never been on maybe that is an important part of, of of that fishing event. Is having a good co angler. you <laughs> really is a bonus.
14: That's true, and we're actually uh, still looking for a couple co anglers. Uh, I've got a couple spots, but uh, uh, I'm looking for a backup list. So if anybody out there is listening and wants to come in and jump in on the experience, uh, you're not going to have a better time. And uh, three days of fishing, uh, you know, the entry six hundred bucks, but you couldn't pay that for three guys oh. for three days in a long shot. So it's a great experience, great camaraderie out there. And uh, if you're interested, give us a call at the office at 949-366-0248, my direct line, or send me an email at billy, with an E, at wonews.com. We'd love to get you involved in the event. And we'd like to have backups just in case uh, we've got some pros that entered last minute, and uh, uh, we can get you
12: in.
1: Well, or anything can happen, d- too to find out more yep. details about the uh, the U.S. Open, uh, the sponsors, and, and particularly the schedule when you're going to be broadcasting, especially at the weigh-in, which is extremely fun. Where do they go to get that information?
14: Well, basically they can go to uh, either our website at, at wombass.com, that's b a s s dot com. But the best place to go, because it's most updated usually on a daily basis, if not multiple times throughout the day, is our Wombass Facebook page. I make sure everything's posted on there, whether it's the itinerary rules, different information the guys need to know, as well as the fans. So uh, basically what we're going to be doing is broadcasting from the sponsor showcase on Sunday, the 11th, from uh, about 3.30 till about 5 o'clock uh, before the partner pairing starts. And then each morning we'll have a segment. Uh, after we do the launch from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock, we'll be talking about conditions and so forth. And then we'll break to the weigh-ins each day from about 2 o'clock to 4.30 or so. And then each night we'll have a post-game show from 7 to 8 o'clock with the current day's leader, what kind of works for him. We'll interview them for a little bit. So, uh, But it will be posted either on our Facebook page or on, on uh, Wombash.
1: Uh, All right, Billy, website. sounds like you got one heck of a party planned. We look forward to seeing you during that week. uh Good luck to you, and uh, thank uh, everyone for uh, putting together a great tournament. We'll, we'll look forward to seeing you then. You got it, John.
14: All and right.
1: Wendy, thanks for having me on. All right. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight, man. We got to get going. Wendy, thanks a lot for uh, bringing Lori aboard and telling us your story. And Stan, good luck to you uh, coming up next week on your uh, trip on uh, the Top Gun 80.
2: Thanks, buddy. See you all. all. Right. Talk to you later.
1: Hey, on behalf of Jorge and uh, Ben Harvey, our local producer, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Captain Eddie McKeon, this is Hop Along, John Cassidy, on behalf of Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshar, wishing you a good evening. Go out there and get away. the way. The fishing isn't going to be any better than it is right now. We'll see you again next week on Rod and Reel Radio. Good night, everybody.
15: Uh-huh. Gone fishing. How real, God. You ain't working anymore.